Good morning, everyone. Mikey, you look like you're in the East Coast again. What's going on? I know I leave today. I got to fly to DC, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, I saw some of that. Uh, anyway, we are blessed, uh, and there's no accidents. And we talk about manifestation and now effortless manifestation. Candice Cherie, uh, CEO of Effortless Manifestation. So um, I study a lot of Goddard and the law of assumption. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the the word manifestation, I think, creates resistance. <laughs> in you're so right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think it's important that you put the word effortless in front of yeah. manifestation when inherently in manifestation, that's the idea, uh, okay. is that it should be effortless. If you understand, you're just focusing in on what's interfering with you and what you want. Um, but it's a long journey to understand that, you know, and I find that if I am not delicate about explaining uh, manifestation and I've been yeah. trying to explain it for 16 years because <laughs> I've been studying it and paying attention to it and it changed my life to understand it. And I'm still on the journey of understanding. I don't know what I don't sure. know, but for you, you're a bit younger than I am. And, you know, you're, <laughs> and you, you, um, really are, are are great at this uh enlightenment of manifestation so i thought i'd start by uh being blessed by you uh to have you just explain to everyone you know what you mean by effortless manifestation so it's funny i was recently on bradley's podcast and he challenged me never on- heard of him uh-huh. I'm <laughs> really? Kidding. Oh, I'm like, wait. No, Brad's a good friend of mine. <laughs> I hope he's watching. I was like, maybe that was a different year. No, I'm going to Vegas know. today. I'm going to Vegas today. I'll probably see him. Yeah, that's awesome. But I was on his podcast and he was challenging me on effortless. And it's so funny after, you know, after the the podcast, I was thinking about it. And really effortless just means you're not manipulating your 3D world to make something happen. You have to imagine it first. You have to feel it, believe it, and transform into that person who already has it. And as you're doing that, your higher self, your subconscious mind will effortlessly bring opportunity and things to you. And then you take that inspired action. But obviously it's not you just lay in your bed all day and then everything else is going to happen and you don't have to get up and do anything. There is still some form of movement. You know, right. Too many people have the idea of sitting at home high on their mom's couch, broke, sick, and you know, <laughs> like in things just dreaming about their Ferrari. Yeah. The law of Goya comes after the imagination and feeling part. Right. And, uh, you know, do one more question quick, Mike, before uh, I, I let you jump in here. But you said something that's so powerful that um, really didn't come to me till later in my journey, which mm-hmm. was, you know, everybody knows to think, say, and do. Uh, in order to pay attention and intention to coincidences or manifest uh, utilizing the law of assumption. But the most important thing that I have found because this occurs in the subconscious and the unconscious quantum realm mm-hmm. is feeling it. Yeah. Uh, totally. You know, because the subconscious doesn't know anything but feelings. It's an emotional uh, yeah. reactor and conduit. And so, you know, how do we feel that it's already there when we've never had it there before? You know, I actually created a whole, I think, how many do I have? I have two different 
guided meditations on this topic. So I was listening to Neville one day and he started talking about, you know, how would you feel? What would it look like, you know, having it? And I was like, you know what? That is brilliant because when you ask what would it look like, Dave, what would it look like if you were living a life even more abundant than you are now? Your imagination starts to imagine effortlessly thinking, oh, well, I would have this or I would reach this many more people or whatever your, you know, whatever your ultimate desire is, if there's more for you, you know, or whatever. And so you start asking the right questions and the brain gets you there immediately. The imagination gets you there. And then from there you say, okay, well, what would that feel like? Well, it would feel amazing. I would feel empowered. I would feel encouraged and strong and motivated and loved and safe and free. And then you start getting into your feelings because you're saying, what would it be like? Well, how would I feel? And then the brain starts to pick up the excitement of this is how it would feel. So I created meditations based on what would it look like if my life was like this? What would it look like if I had this? What would it look like asking all these questions for people? And that's even how I journal now as I write, what would it look like if this was done? What would it look like if this was done? And it helps me and my clients and people that follow me to get into the state that it requires to obtain what you want. So it's okay if you don't know how to feel it, but ask yourself, what well, what would it feel like if I did have it? And then you can effortlessly flow into that. Candice, I mean, look, we manifest all the time that people yeah. take it into outer context. They think it has to be this spiritual thing, but we've manifested uh -huh. our reality right this second. We're sitting totally. here, we've manifested this. So when you're working with someone, because I know you do some work on the subconscious mind and de-weeding all that negativity, what's mm -hmm. some of the techniques you use to help people remove that kind of, uh, not stigma, but that limited thinking that thinks, mm -hmm. oh, I can't manifest my reality or I can't have an abundant life. What's some of the stuff you do? Yeah, I actually created a method of reprogramming the mind called neurocognitive reprogramming, and it's based on Neville Goddard's revision technique. So revision is the art of going back and changing the past. Your subconscious mind only knows what you tell it and what it remembers. So trauma is stored in the memories. When you have childhood trauma and limiting beliefs, your subconscious doesn't forget about it until you change it. So people say, oh, I consciously forgave them, but they're still highly triggered. And, and you dig and you see, this is the root. Mom left you, dad left you, you were abused, whatever it is, but I forgave them. Well, on the conscious level, yeah, you forgave them. You want to be free of this, but your unconscious mind still remembers the memories. So what I do with clients is I take them back in time and we go and we see the memory of the, of the person we're revising, like the mom, and we're only there for 30 seconds. It's not like EMDR where you're living and feeling all these terrible memories. You're there for 30 seconds and then I take them out of it and reprogram and revise a brand new idea and concept of their parent. Allow their person, the person to talk to their parent in their imagination and see themselves differently, see their parent differently. And at the end of the session, the person is saying, holy crap, I've been in therapy for 20 years. I've never been able to feel like this. I've never been able to immediately feel this relief, this heavy thing, because the, con the subconscious mind is like, oh, thank you. We don't have to feel this anymore. You've replaced it with something wonderful. So the brain will still remember both stories, but the old story feels kind of like a dream. Uh, and it doesn't associate it with anything. It's like, I mean, that was, I guess, 
I kind of remember that, but what feels real is mom was there for me. Mom raised me her whole life and she never left me. So revision is everything for me with healing and trauma healing and revision completely changed my life when I had came out of an abusive marriage and didn't know what I was going to do with myself. So I am a huge advocate of practicing revising your life and you can revise instantly. I do it all the time, every night before bed. I mean, it's really one of the best practices that anybody could do. And I agree. And I've utilized revision as well in the subconscious realm, but Mm -hmm. there's also things that are energetic and genetically inherited uh, into our quantum being, into our DNA Mm -hmm. um, that takes uh, consistent, uh, practices uh, to yes. dissipate, dissolve, and to, as they say, you know, break the chain of alcoholism or uh-huh. whatever addictions uh, that are yes. quantum in our nature. That, which is why, you know, I get a little bit frustrated with people that are like, it takes 21 days to change a habit. Not, not if you've inherited a genetic <laughs> or energetic uh, quantum habit like alcohol. Yeah. You know, you, yeah. you can't quit in 21 days, and you you may have to spend 20 lifetimes. That's why you have programs uh, to for daily practices. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that I've developed is, you know, something to work in the conscious realm. An obvious one is to cancel out, you know, negative thoughts, negative behaviors, negative people. I, I use revision in the subconscious to clear uh, those subconscious feelings uh, that, you know, are, when something's in your subconscious, it's the things that bug you at night and you have to say, let it go, let it go. But Candace, there's some things you know, I, I had a, a, a terrible thing happen with a neighbor that, you know, you know, I lost over a hundred million dollars and I used to lie to myself because I did revision, right? I used to lie to myself and say, say to everyone, wow, you know, my bankruptcy is the best thing that I have. I'm so grateful because I wouldn't be where I'm at, but mm-hmm. for this person, you know, doing whatever. And then I go home and I dream about tearing out his fingernails and, and pouring Tabasco, you know, on them right. and, and things like that, you know, yeah. and, and that's the mild things that I would think of. Uh, <laughs> and so I did a lot of light or energy work over nine years to dissipate, dissolve mm-hmm. finally that from any place in my unconscious competency. Yeah. Uh, and so I call that connecting to source. Is there some sort of mechanism or strategy or discipline that you utilize for breaking the chain of addiction or things that you know are energetic and genetically inherited versus tra- trauma from your childhood in this lifetime? Yeah, it's it's very self-concept based. So I look at it as what do I identify as? Am I identifying as... I know what you identify as you Minnesota Viking. That's what you. <laughs> Is that what you, I look like right now? <laughs> you, got your, you got your Minnesota colors on. That's it right there. Purple and gold. I'm That's sitting so here funny. going, she must be a Viking fan. <laughs> I don't even watch sports. That's so funny. You're probably not a sports yep. fan, but I'm not I really. I mean, yeah. I like being there. I like being You could be the mascot, the beautiful, you're the beautiful mascot oh, for the Minnesota Vikings. I'll take it. Have them give me a call. I'll work something out. Don't ask what team, don't ask what team Mike's this mascot for. We, 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 we this is a, a G show. <laughs> you can manifest funny. That. That's right. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. So for me, it's focusing on my self-concept and what I teach people is, you know, we've been told our whole life we're something, we're this, we're that, we, we identify as being an alcoholic or a, an addict or broke or just lazy. You know, we have all these concepts of ourselves. The I am 
is always the concept. You know, I am this, I am that, I am, and we do it all day. I'm lazy. I'm a procrastinator. I'm on. I'm never on time. You know, that's creating what you see in your reality, and your subconscious only can give you based on that. So, I don't focus too much on generational stuff. I haven't really found the need to do that yet with my clients uh, because I'm having such success with reprogramming. Uh, and, and what I do is different, a little bit different than Neville. Like I go much deeper than he did, you know, just like under sats or whatever he says. So, but once we do it, once you jump into a new timeline, because that's really what it is. Once you do a, a really healthy revision, you're jumping into a new timeline, but to stay there, there takes a little bit of, you know, consistency and taking care of yourself and re revising what you're wanting to say naturally about yourself like i'm an addict or i'm this so i always tell people after you're done you know revising and doing reprogramming with me every day needs to be a day of intentionally being that person now you don't want to jump back to your old self you have to be the new person and you can you know kind of come in and out of it sometimes if you have a bad day or whatever, but whatever you dominantly return to is going to be who you are. So when, when I was before a victim of abuse, that was my perpetual state. And I continually was being abused by my ex-husband via messages and stuff like that. And when I said enough is enough, I'm not going to identify with this anymore. I'm going to revise it. I'm going to heal this and forgive him and see it differently the very next day the messages stopped i kid you not i posted about it in my facebook group literally the next day he stopped that must sending make it me. true right it's true for me for sure <laughs> no no i'm, I'm, I'm I joking mean, i posted in yeah. my facebook group i i oh, swear I it's true. <laughs> no you can go find it i'm saying it's like public you're, you can you're, go so, find you're it. just too big of an influencer now i find myself doing that as well i'm like what the <laughs> f did i just say like Come on, there's it's no funny. credibility because I posted it on my Facebook group. Yeah. The credibility is you and what you are. Um, anyway, right. it's like so that. interesting because my major paradigm shift in my life is, you know, the simple fact that I'm healthy, happy, wealthy, and worthy. And I just figure out what I do to interfere with it. Yeah. And it will happen instantaneously. Like, like you say, uh, Candace, there's so many things that uh, we need to speak about in so many shows <laughs> to have you on. This is just yeah. a great start to a great relationship. Uh, and so important for people to surround themselves with the right people and the right ideas. And you definitely are one of them. Check out effortless manifesting com. Learn revision. Let Candace reprogram, put you onto a different uh, time frame, a, a different space and time. Uh, we don't have to live in the exact same man-made constructs every day as you and I both know and Mikey as well. So thanks for joining us and we'll Thank have you, so you back. Yes. Thank you, Thank you guys. You got it. Take care. Cool, right? Awesome. She's yeah. super cool. All right. Next up, we'll go from the woo-woo to the Christian. Uh, Christian Delaware. <laughs> Delaware Day. Awakening the soul of power, another spirituality. The owner of soul for power, which is the only power that I see uh, deep within us, the soul itself. And he has a new book, uh, Awakening the Soul of Power, How to Live and I always screw up this word, but heroically and set yourself free. Uh, and so uh, welcome Christian to office hours, first of all. Hey, David, I'm so happy to be here with you. Appreciate the uh, opportunity. This, this is, you're just building on, you know, a good start with our Goddard talk. 
Um, and so I want to start with Awakening the Soul of Power, your extraordinary book. Uh, you know, I had my own awakening of my powerful soul. And, you know, that means what it means to me. Uh, but for you, you know, what is the awakening of the power of the soul or the soul of power uh, for you, you know, and can we teach that uh, to allow people to awaken uh, the power of their soul? Yes and yes. Um, so, you know, what I what drove me to start writing this book is that I start the more I thought about it, the more that I realized uh, and the more that I work with people over the last 30 years and retreats in different settings all over the world is that most of us have an ambivalent relationship to power. I would even say conflicted. Part of us wants it, part of us is afraid of it. And I think what we fear at core is that if we really stepped into our power, if we really stepped into all of who we are, that other people would be able to handle it and that we might be, you know, we might end up rejected and alone. Add to that the fact that we've been conditioned to believe that power is a bad thing. We, t we think of power as abuse of power, as a negative thing. And quotes like, um, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely have added to that. What they didn't tell us about that quote is that Lord Acton was speaking specifically about political power, not the personal power that, that you and I are talking about uh, here. So when you add to that mix, the fact that we've also been conditioned to be afraid of the emotions, we hate conflict, we avoid confrontation, we've labeled the emotions weakness when they're neither strength nor weakness, they're just energy like everything else. So when you put all that into a mix, what happens is that we end up giving away our power our innate, inherent power that nobody can give to us, nobody can take away from us, we are the only ones who can give it away. And the sad part, David, is, is that we do it for the lamest and saddest of reasons. We, we say yes, when inside we feel no, for an illusion of acceptance. We, 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 we play small, we, we stuff ourselves into small uh, little packages out of you know, an illusion of security and for morsels, we settle for crumbs of pseudo love. And so what this book talks about and walks people like how to do that is that there is a way that we can step into our own power that doesn't require that we abuse it, that we step on anybody, that we squelch anybody, that we control them or that doesn't have to be about force or, or control or fear, but that there is a way that we can express our power that is a match that is congruent with who we are. And, and, and that's so amazing. Intuitively, why do you think people lose that sense? Because it's all based on following your intuition and your gut and connecting to something, you know, divine, unconscious, source, whatever you want to call it. You know, why do you think people, like you said, fear, which is a big thing, people are afraid they're going to lose, you know, their friends or they may step in their power. But intuitively, what stops people, you know, not following their intuition to you? I, that is a great question, Mike. Uh, you know, I think I think part of the starting point in understanding what we do, all this stuff, all these self sabotaging and self limiting behaviors, it, it's from a, a confusion in identification. And so we have to talk about the ego and we don't have to, we don't have a lot of time to talk about the ego today. But here's a quick way to understand it, because there's so much confusion around that. So if you put a baseball in the center of a stadium, that's what the ego is who we are is actually the stadium, the freaking stadium. And we've allowed this tiny, tiny part of who we are with, with all its limited perceptions and its fear-based approach to, to, to existence to, to kind of run the show. 
and so part of this process of empowering ourselves begin with that, with the self-awareness and understanding who we are and why we do the things we do. Why do we settle for less? Why do we, we, why do we put up with these self-sabotaging behaviors that sometimes feel like, like, like applying it to relationships? Sometimes it feels like when the same boring play with the same boring movie, just with a different lead, a different co-actor, but it's, it's the same patterns, it's the same scrap. That, that keeps coming up. And so at some point we have to get real and start realizing that there's one common denominator in every one of those arguments, in every one of those relationships, and it's right here. Yeah, you know, Christian, a lot of people think they're the ripple instead of the ocean and see themselves as small, and then they hide their own light uh, and it hides other people's light as well. So, you know, it's a uh, contagious viral nature of of actually allowing that light. And one of the areas uh, where this is very indicative is in a book that you wrote previously um, in coming out. And so one's sexuality is an area of awakening the soul of power that people are born with, a, as I stated earlier, an energetic and genetic inheritance of their own energy, feminine or masculine energy, and that there's a great limiting belief that they can't be themselves. And I think it's one of the easiest uh, ways uh, to illustrate who we are because, you know, it's a common energy that everyone holds. Uh, and if we can analogously utilize uh, what it takes to come out and to be yourself and to identify with who you energetically and genetically are, uh, I think it's, you know, a, a great thing for people that may have other, you know, more subtle or hidden uh, identities uh, that they want to liberate uh, so that they can be free and live in abundance, you know, be the ocean, not the ripple. Uh, yeah. Between the two books that you've written, what are some of the key steps uh, to this awakening? Because it's so powerful to people to live in, you know, in themselves, as I say. Yeah, and, and beautifully expressed. Um, and I, I love that metaphor of the ocean and the ripple or, or the sunbeam to the sun. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I didn't come up with it. I'm sure Goddard or Dyer or somebody taught me that. I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember. I think it's Dyer that said that. So <laughs> I think it's actually the course of miracles. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I read it every yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. So that's no surprise. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah. You know, I think it all begins with self-awareness because we can't do anything about what we can't see. And, and, and that's part of the nature of the ego is that we have blind spots and, and also connects to projection, right? Which, so if we, if, we, if we start doing the work, right? Because that's why this book is part of a series of three that talks about what it means to live heroically. Um, because what we're talking about takes work. So, so to be willing to, to like look at ourselves, to turn that mirror around, that it's so easy to point the finger and, and blame somebody else. And, and, but if, we, if we're willing to do the work and do our relationships consciously, right? So it's a good assumption to, 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 to know that if what's there, it's here. So, so it all begins with that self-awareness so that we can understand who we are, what triggers us, because it's all about us. So, so it's again the ego is always the ego is always focused on, on pointing the finger over there. You did this, you did that, you didn't do that. You always do this, you never do that. But if if we're all always focused there, we're never going to get the opportunities for healing and growth. Carl Jung said, the psychologist said that we attract people into our lives, so that we can see those blind spots, 
because we can't see him in ourselves. So, but at some point it goes back to like, who's the common denominator and why, why we do the things we do. So it all begins with that self-awareness, which then makes way for self-acceptance, which then in turn makes way for self-love. And, and, you know, my adolescence was one long depression because of some of the, the issues that you were pointing to of, you know, struggling with my identity and trying to find a way for myself, a space for myself in a religion that told me that I was going to burn in hell for eternity because of who I was. Uh, and so, you know, I'm grateful for that, actually, because now flash forward, like no matter the details of my life, no matter the circumstances, whether a relationship works out or it doesn't, or a project succeeds or it fails, in quotes, never, ever, ever do I question my sense of self. Like, like my self, my level of self-worth is established and unshakable so that I know that, that that's why I felt so driven to share these teachings because I know that if, if that can happen to me, that sense of self-love, that self of personal empowerment, of, of connect, feeling connectedness to it all, that if it can happen in me, then it can happen in anybody. And all that stuff from all childhoods can all be healed and can all be transcended and can be turned to, you know, like grist for the mill. Do you think, because you know so many great things there, but people forget how simple our process is and the repetitions and the daily work that has to be done. We have to meditate every day. We have to journal every day. We have to, like you say, if you don't do that work, you really aren't accountable and taking responsibility. So when you're working with people to slow them down, to take those simple steps that take us the long mile, what's some of the techniques you use? It's, it's, you're so right, Mike, it's simple stuff, but it's not easy, right? It's, it's, it's work. Right. It's it's a lot easier to just go through life kind of buffeted by by life's activities, its ups and then downs and reacting to other people's actions and their beliefs and their expectations and their judgments and their demands. So so what we're talking about is really nothing less than heroic, which is the word that you've that both of you that we've all been using, which is ultimate personal accountability. And and which which means that you know, no matter what happened in our pasts which which you know some of it is tragic some of the stuff that humans do to each other is like really like 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 surprising and shocking but no matter what happened in our life and no matter what happens going forward because if there's one thing that we can count on is that life is going to continue throwing curveballs our way so so it's easy to go through life just feeling victimized feeling like buffeted and at, at the effect of other people and other situations but if we f do this slight reframe, that no matter what happened and no matter what happens, we always get to choose how we show up in response. And we, even with that slight reframe, it is completely empowering because now we get to choose how we show up in response. And that alone is completely liberating, empowering, and it pops us out of that, that kind of victim-y relationship to life where, where we're always stuck in like, well, if it only hadn't been for that, if, if, if only, if only dad hadn't left or, or mom hadn't done this or the teacher or the minister or society or, or sexism or homophobia, if only, and not to or racism, right? Not to deny that those things don't exist, they do. And, and the system is not set up fairly as it is now. But the thing is that going forward, if we're, if we're, if we're giving our, our power away to whatever, to another person or system, we just give our power away for, for our state of being, for, uh, for, our, for our relationship to life. So to me, that is step one. And, and it's not easy. 
it's it's in fact it's heroic. Uh, well, I, I love the fact, Christian, you're a baseball fan. I can tell by the analogies that you keep <laughs> using. We got curveballs and baseballs and stadiums, and I don't know if you're doing that to favor me as a sports fan <laughs> myself. But I, you know, my la- my last guest, I could tell even she had no idea about sports, so this feels comfortable to me as well as anyone that reads the Course in Miracles and all, all the other great works. I highly suggest people to understand this power and uh, once again knowing what you are healthy happy wealthy and worthy exactly as you are let's figure out what we're doing to interfere with it uh, because we're all connected and through into that big ocean of, of energy of positivity and you definitely are helping others and empowering them christian de la huerta Please check him out, soulforpower.com. Read both books that he's written, especially that one right behind him, so eloquently marketed, and uh, I will promote Awakening the Soul of Power. Don't let other people steal your joy or your power. Comparison is a thief as well, and so stay accountable. You've attracted everything to your life. Live in try me, not why me, as Carlos has suggested. Learn the lessons of awakening the power that you have within. Thank you, Christian. We'll have you back for our other shows. You're uh, an amazing source of empowerment. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on the show. And thanks so much for the work that you're doing. It really makes a difference in in so many lives. Thank you. Awesome. We'll have you back. Great book. Uh, Thank you, everyone. All right. Last but not least, before Mikey and I, he leaves for D.C. I leave for Vegas. I don't know what how I never get to see you at an airport, Mikey. But uh, we have Tim Ringle. Meet the people. Uh, what, what's the CBS show? Uh, is it Meet the People on CBS, that morning show? Uh, I don't know. Anyway. I, I don't know either. <laughs> I don't I might. Oh, yeah, there, there's a Sunday morning show. I think it's called Meet the People. Maybe I should start watching it. <laughs> the, only, the, only reason, the only reason I watched it is because it would always be on before the football games on Sunday morning. <laughs> there you go yeah i was like you know in the old days when you couldn't you know there's only three channels <laughs> <laughs> i remember those. that's right i i remember when fox uh, came out i told my mom i'm like how are they gonna have enough shows for four channels <laughs> could you imagine <laughs> uh anyway let's talk about meet the people not the tv show that nobody remembers uh but uh <laughs> the new meet the people the one that everyone does knows uh to help successful entrepreneurs how is meet the people helping uh the entrepreneur of today uh to unlock their uh company their next level of of business and life yeah so uh maybe for some background so first of all um uh, meet the people is a network of advertising agencies right so when we talk about entrepreneurs it's really people um, within the advertising space, um, especially uh, people who build companies. So um, I've been an entrepreneur in the advertising space for now 24 years. And that doesn't sound very long, but I'm only 45 years old. So I started my first business uh, when I was 21 back in uh, Germany, where I'm, where I'm from originally, and uh, sold that business after 12 years successfully. I was very lucky at the time. And then did it again and did it again. And um, throughout... That doesn't sound like luck. (laughs) <laughs> I did it again, did it again, did it again. Um, did, did it a couple of times, but you know, um, it's not about one person, right? You know, you know this. I mean, it's it's about the team. It's about everybody who helps you throughout that journey. And therefore, I always say I'm lucky because um, I met incredible people in these last 24, 25 years of starting 
um, with with my buddy Marco in the basement of his house, building our first company to, in the end, ending up in New York City, uh, running a company with 3,000 people in 70 offices around the globe, right? So I'm, I'm lucky because I met a lot of people who uh, paved that way for me. And um, with Meet the People, this is really the fourth time in my life that I'm building an agency network, um, mainly because I did struggle through these times a lot as well. And I saw lots of my uh, buddies who had similar companies uh, or friends um, struggle with scaling their businesses, right? So you know this, when you're 10 people, it seems impossible to get to 20. When you're 50, it seems impossible to get to 100. And when you're 100, it seems absolutely unreachable to get to 200. And a lot of people... Um, struggle with this uh, primarily because they either um, are constrained on you know investing money into growth or they are fearful of losing what they already built or they're constrained by geographics and language and certain barriers and with meet the people what we do is we basically um, acquire companies we put them under one umbrella the meet the people network and um, then help these entrepreneurs together with us to build their business bigger under their brand and with their ethics and their understanding and specialty in the industry. So that's really uh, the principle in a nutshell. Well, I want to remove the word luck because you're obviously not lucky. You work hard because you keep saying you're lucky, but you've manifested this and created it and work hard. So, you know, when you're working with companies to help them scale their business, because you've started off, like you said, from the bottom and then moved up, What's the first thing you work on to help them open up their minds and get out of that like negative paradigm that it can't be and it can't happen? Well, first, you know, you have to understand the dynamics of the business and the clients and usually also the founders, right? Understanding because when a company evolves, um, so a company doesn't grow like the beautiful hockey stick presentation that everybody puts into a startup deck, right? It's not how it works. It grows in steps. The revenue might be looking like it's going this way and the profitability is going this way. But the reality is the organization has to adjust to where the business is. And that doesn't happen as fluid as maybe the revenue grows, right? So um, while every company goes through these steps, sometimes it's a step up, sometimes it's a step back, and then it's a step up again, right? And sometimes it's a leap. Um, the organization has to change. And in many cases, in at least in my experience, the people who start a business... Um, their responsibilities and importance to the business changes over time dramatically, right? Some people who were very important in the beginning because you couldn't afford to hire maybe a very talented engineer so that person was part of the founder's team or a shareholder, the company might outlive that skill because then you have the money to hire that person, right? So the dynamic of the people who are important within a business that scales changed dramatically. And and understanding that and sometimes releasing that knot of misunderstanding or, you know, mis, how do you say, um, um, misalignment on who's responsible for what and why. It can't just be legacy and, you know, uh, and time. It has to be what, what really unlocks potential for the future. That sometimes an outside person can judge much better than an inside person. And I learned that myself when, um, I think when my first company was around 70 people, um, we got, a, we got a very attractive offer to sell the business. And my co-founder and I, we were just not ready for it. Um, um, so we got external help from an investment bank to validate that offer and tell us, you know, is there better things out there? Is this the right moment in time? And I ended up hiring my investment banker as my CFO because the outside view that investment banker gave me, uh, Tom, who I work with today still after many, many years, um, was so helpful for me to understand the potential of my business because I was trapped with 
within what I knew. And I think that is one of the main learnings as well. Um, I don't know what I'm going to know in 10 years. So every day you learn something new from the people you surround yourself with. And that's extremely powerful. So every time we look at a company and I talk to founders who are interested in joining me, the people effectively selling their business, but becoming a shareholder of the bigger business, right? Um, I learn incredibly. I, I, I learn so incredibly much from these people because they are from different backgrounds, different cultures, different geographics, different um, passes in their life. So that's, that inspires me um, a lot. And, you know, speaking of the future from a successful entrepreneur, someone who has their non-negotiables and an adaptable type of personality that allows them to, you know, because I've always said exactly the same. And people, they stage and, and scale pretty mathematically. Uh, mm -hmm. But the revenue itself, the hockey stick actually should look like this. That's right. And then finally, at the end, when you have 3,000 people in 70 countries, now, it, you know, the bigger, the, the handle looks like the handle, but the the, the bottom part that hits the puck, it, it's not a flat thing. It, it's, it goes up and then it goes, because when you make the investment, it goes back down in order That's to right. get those people to scale. But one of the areas that I think everyone's curious about when you have so much situational knowledge in advertising and marketing is the future uh, with digital marketing. Hmm. You know, I, I call, uh, you know, my success uh, is out of radical humility when it comes to digital advertising and building my brand and, and the TV shows brands and the podcasts and all the things I do. It's just test and go. I'm really good at testing and going, testing mm -hmm. and going. And right. there's so many variables in digital marketing. You know, when you put up a billboard in the old days, it was very easy to have a controlled environment of, you know, where the business was coming from. <laughs> it wasn't that, wasn't that difficult. But if I post a video that I think sucks shit and it goes viral, I have no clue <laughs> like why, why it right. went and where it went and how it went. But I'm happy it went. Uh, for you, how have you used your situational knowledge and experience to control the uncontrollable? In hmm. uh, what philosophy or strategy do you teach in the Meet the People you know, community about digital marketing and advertising for the future? Yeah, I think the reality is um, the, the more your business grows, the less you will understand how certain things work, right? And that's natural because you start managing people and organization structures much more than actually understanding a specific channel or a feature in a specific channel. Um, so I, I grew up um, really as an engineer. My dad, my parents actually gifted me a PC when I was 11 years old. So I was the only kid on in my schoolyard who had a PC. Everybody else has an Amiga or Commodore 64. And I was so sad because I couldn't game with these guys. I couldn't exchange floppies, right? Not, not, now you're aging yourself. You look no, much No, but it's the reality. But that, <laughs> that forced me to learn coding. And I, I coded. I taught myself coding. And I became more of an engineer. And that ended up becoming the first company I started. Um, but I was really deep. I had really deep knowledge about all the different digital channels because my first agency was a digital agency starting with search engine optimization and paid search and all this kind of stuff, right? In 98, 99. So today I have no idea anymore. I really don't know, right? I, I, as you said, you don't know why something goes viral. And then you talk to a large client and say like, we want things to go viral. And you're like, you can't control that because you really don't know <laughs> if it sticks or not, right? And we want influencer marketing. That's great. But you know what influencer will actually create an impact for you is, 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 is unclear because why we have the beauty of over, uh, of, of over um, 
um, over measuring everything because everything is measurable now, right? We also fall into the trap that each of these little single activities and channels are so fragmented now. Like, you know, you can, we, there's people out there who are just specialized for the last 15 years on the Facebook environment. There's people there who have been specialized on the Google environment for 20 years, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok. You know what I mean? Like what I think what is important is to understand you don't know everything and you have to rely on people who really know their shit. Pardon my French, right? Um, <laughs> that That's the point. And acknowledge that you can't control it. And this yeah. is why, uh, you know, this is why we're looking for, uh, as meet the people, we are looking for specialized companies. Like, if you show me the best TikTok shop in the United States right now who really cracked the code, I'm very happy to, you know, very happy, very happy. I'm very to skeptical. I'm very right. skeptical. And uh, exactly. but that's why you have such smart investment. You guys are deploying over $150 million. You work with everyone from Airbnb to Robinhood, SoFi, SpaceX, Spotify, many, many more. Because that humility of knowing what you don't know, but being able to do your best, learn lessons, and have fun are the three components that people don't realize, I think, in advertising and marketing that separates us, differentiates us in the quantitative value that we can provide to even the biggest companies in the world. Uh, I will note that Marilyn Peterson, it's Meet the Press. So that, that's the show on CBS. <laughs> so Meet the Press is the show. Meet the People is Tim Ringel. Tim, we have many other shows to put you on. I want to delve into Love more it. of your situational knowledge, experience, and success. He's proof that what you pay attention to, focus in on, and what you give intention to, think, say, do, believe, and feel, will create the coincidences in your life. That's the mathematical equation of luck. So in that respect, Tim Ringle is one of the luckiest men I've ever met. <laughs> Extremely successful. Check out Meet the People, meet-the-people.com. Join us all the time. Thanks so much, Tim. We'll see you soon. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Awesome. Take care. Take care. All right, Mikey, we both got to go to the airport eventually here. I got to go in one minute. So what's the takeaway for the day? Take responsibility. Responsibility. Everyone was all about responsibility. And you're manifesting your reality right now, this second, whether you like it or not. So take responsibility that you manifested your life up to this moment because you have and do the work and be the person you want to be. Yeah, I love it. My takeaway is one, uh, the three-step process, the law of gravity, I am, you're at the right place at the perfect time. Two, the law of Goya, get off your ass. And three, the law of allowance, assumption, or surrender, uh, that you're accountable for everything. You've attracted everything in your life. You are happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy. What are you doing to interfere with it? Let's use our free will to clear what we're doing to interfere with the greatest omniscient, all-powerful source. You are the greatest omniscient, all-powerful friend. I appreciate everything you do to save lives. I will tell you as a friend, this man saves lives every day, and I appreciate him so much. His life fuel is also something I use every day. I'll probably need some more one in the next couple of weeks because I'm digging through it. Send Taylor over to my house. Uh, anyway, I love you guys. Thank you, Mikey. Safe travels. Thank you. All right, Matt, thank you. I'll see you very soon. Remember, everyone, you 14-day gratitude challenge. Join me right there, david at dmeltzer.com. Most importantly, be kind to your future self and do good deeds. We'll see you tomorrow.